señorita Really nice to meet ya Have some tequila and stay This week on Squats and Margaritas, it's psychologist Dr. Becky Kennedy, Dr. Becky at Good Inside on Instagram. I've been following her for a couple years and had to reach out, mainly because my toddler does not respect me. It doesn't matter how mean I sound or how threatening, does not respect me, and I need to know how to talk to him, how to get my kids to try new foods. They're the pickiest eaters. She's got some tips on that. Also, whether it's a problem that I let the kids come into our bed in the middle of the night. I got 15 minutes of her time and asked all the toddler questions. Here is my episode with Dr. Becky Kennedy. My name is Dr. Becky Kennedy, and I am a clinical psychologist specializing in parenting, resilience building, and anxiety. I am so excited to answer some of your questions and connect to all of you here. My two-year-old doesn't respect me. Uh, I could say to him, stop, do not do that again. And he will look at me and continue to do what he's doing. How can I get him to respect and listen to me? Okay, here are some of my thoughts about listening. When we talk about listening with kids, we're not really talking about listening. Because if any of us say to our kids, come to the table right away, there's an ice cream sundae waiting for you, they listen. What we're really talking about with listening is what happens when I ask my kid to do something he doesn't want to do, but I want him to do. And we never just comply with other people because we respect them ever. Same thing with us as adults and put yourself in your child's position. Let's say you're on the couch reading a book. So happy to have some alone time, engage in your book and your partner comes up to you and says, it would be my husband said, Hey Becky, can you go, uh, let's say make me some dinner. And like, I was like, I'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm reading. And if he looked at me after and said, you have a listening problem, I would have some very choice words for him. Now, why would I make him dinner even in that situation? I'd make him dinner and listen. If I felt really connected to him, if I felt like we were on a really kind of uh, good place in our relationship that week, if I felt like he had done some stuff for me, not tit for tat, but I just felt connected and held by him and seen by him, right? Our kids listen for the same reasons. If we want our kids to listen to us for things we want them to do that they don't want to do, we have to connect before we ask. There's a million different strategies and please go check out my article that's called Reframing Not Listening on my blog, drbeckyathome.com. There's 10 plus strategies there, but here's one to start with. Before you ask your child to switch gears and listen, notice and name what he's doing. So instead of saying, it's bath time, come on, we gotta get to the bath, say, oh, I see you're playing with blocks, that looks fun. Oh, it might be hard to stop, sweetie, but we are getting to that time where it's going to be bath time. And then give a choice. Do you want to run to the bath or do you want me to zoom you like a plane? Try that and also look at my article for so many more ideas. Another question we got is, do different consequences work better for girls versus boys? And is there a different way that you suggest speaking to a toddler girl versus a toddler boy? Great question. And I have a simple answer. No. Girls and boys don't respond differently to our interventions. Girls don't need something that boys don't. Boys don't need anything different than girls do. Now, do different kids need different things? Maybe, right? There's some kids who are more a kind of high energy. There are some kids who are a little quieter and a little more inhibited. So what I would encourage you to do is to think, what do I know about my kid? Can I just even take a day and notice? What is my kid like? Not with a judgment. Not with a, ooh, is that good or bad, but just, oh, my kid takes longer to join a group. 
oh, my kid tends to be a leader, but tends to have a hard time listening to other people's ideas. Just notice and don't categorize what your kid needs based on gender, but instead based on the unique information your child is giving you about him or herself. How can we deal with a picky eater? Both of mine are picky. I got this question at least three times. You serve your kids a variety of food. They won't even try it. What are your tips or techniques for getting a toddler to eat? Eating, this is such a great topic and is nuanced. And the number one thing I would say, dealing with food has to do with knowing um, kind of some general rules around the dinner table um, and some general principles of nutrition, but it also has a lot to do with the psychology of it. Do we give our kid the right to pick what he puts in his mouth? Do we set up what's my job and what's your job around the dinner table? A quick idea to start with before you hopefully sign up and take the workshop with us, which will be so comprehensive. A parent's job at the dinner table is to decide what is offered and where and when it is offered. And I would add, always pick a safe food. Don't pick three foods that your kid doesn't like. A child's job is to pick what goes in his mouth and how much. So a child's job is whether he eats something and how much he eats. The best thing we can do for picky eating is stick to those rules. Eating is like exploration. We explore when we trust things and when people trust us. We don't explore if people are trying to make us do things we're not ready for. Your job is the exposure. Your child's job is that decision about what goes in, in or not into his body. If you trust this and you keep offering, but without pressure, without having to take a bite, without having to put it on his plate, you just limit the anxiety by knowing your role and your child knowing his role. Your child will start to try new foods over time. There's a lot of people are sending in questions about sleeping, um, letting your kids come into your bed in the middle of the night. I actually just blogged about this, getting your kid to stay put and sleep through the night in their bed. Are there any strategies for this? First thing I'll say is definitely go to hashtag Dr. Becky Sleep. I have two 10 slide carousel posts full of information, but here's some key ideas. Sleep is separation for kids. We forget this. So if your kids are getting up over and over when you put them to bed or in the middle of the night, they are saying they don't feel safe when they're not with you. Is this a way of saying you have to co-sleep forever if you don't want to? No, definitely not. But we have to have an appropriate framework to understand a problem before we start coming up with solutions to that problem. Sleep is separation. And right now, kids are having more sleep problems than before because the world doesn't feel safe. We're in a pandemic. They feel it. They notice changes. There's transitions. They're not seeing people in the way they used to. And honestly, I always feel like kids right now have no reason to believe that their parents will actually be there the next morning. Not because you've done anything wrong, not because you're an unreliable parent, because the world has done a complete 180. Everything has changed. So number one, start understanding sleep that way. And we have to start addressing sleep issues during the day by playing around with separation then. Start saying things to your kids during the day like so many things have changed, right? We're in a new house, you're not going to camp, you're going to a different school. Here's something that will never change, sweetie. Every single day when you go to bed, mommy goes to bed in her room and mommy will be here in the morning. Even though there's so many changes, that will never change. 
That's number one. Start practicing a nighttime mantra during the day. Even when you say a goodbye or when you go to the bathroom, something like mommy always comes back or practice it around your kid's crib or bed during the day so you can use it at night. I love this. Let's say your kid's name is Alex. Alex is safe. Your bed is cozy. Mommy is near. Alex is safe. Your bed is cozy. Mommy is near. Practice saying it. Even practice it during the day. Let's pretend we're saying goodnight. Say your thing. Say, Alex is safe. Your bed is cozy. Mommy is near. So your kid has something to recite by the time it is nighttime to calm his body. Then check out hashtag Dr. Becky Sleep for so many more ideas. Lots of questions about putting your husband before your kids. I think as moms, we all just are caretakers and we take care of our kids. But I've been hearing recently, and again, with all these questions that when you put your husband first, it makes for a lasting marriage and it makes your family happier. It's setting an example for your kids. Should we be putting our spouse before our children? You know, I'm not a big fan of choosing black and white statements in general. What's more important, your kids or your husband? I feel kind of put in a box when I have to answer that. And I think the answer is both. We want to be involved parents. We want to really be there for our kids. We want to be involved spouses. Our marriage matters. But here's the third thing. We need to also be there for ourselves. Our relationship with ourself is the basis for all other relationships, including the one with your partner and with your child. So what I would say is we want to honor all three. Number one, give yourself some space, especially at this time. We need time, whether that's a mantra in the morning where we say to ourselves, being a parent is so hard. I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing enough. I am enough. Whether I'm incorporating meditation, a short walk, I need to start honoring my relationship with myself and giving myself things that I need then yes, our marriage matters. Connect with your spouse at this time. I like even just starting a conversation this way. Wow, what a tough time to be married with young kids, huh? I know you're doing the best you can. I know I'm doing the best I can. And I know our relationship probably has taken a little bit of a backseat because we're both so stressed. What could we do this week? Even if it's just watching a show together without being on our phones. Maybe we can mimic a date night. Maybe we could do that. Maybe I could just say every night to you, I love you and we're gonna get through this. And then, of course, think about quality time with your kid as well. So in a way, what I'm saying is to do all three things, quality time with ourselves, with our spouse, and with our kids. Thank you so much for listening to the Squats and Margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas. 